live shows without the uh without without you know when it's just us you know we 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 put we we doing the job of two three other people right drew it's because that you need to start your intro again because i didn't turn your mic on see what i mean folks hey welcome to another edition (laughs) of sports rap take two this is brian fulford and that's ad drew we just we're just two guys with a show trying to figure it all out you know, we coming back from a big weekend, so forgive us if, uh, as as Rattlers, if we're a little frazzled right now trying to get our show together. Uh, we're without our third member of the team who's uh, traveling back from Orlando. So uh, Drew's Drew's producing slash uh, host uh, co-hosting, co-hosting. Yeah, and, and I'm in the midst of uh, watching this live SWAC volleyball championship match, which Florida A&M. Just sent to a fifth set with a 25-23 fourth set. Uh, I, I thought for a minute, Drew, Jackson State was going to run away with it. Back when the score was 12-7, to I was a little nervous. I was throwing things around the house. But uh, Jackson State uh, is allowed. And honestly, FAMU did a great job. I think he went on about a 6-7-0 or run to get back in the ball game and then took the lead. So here we go to a fifth set, first team to 15 wins. So, uh Let's just say this will be interesting. If you're on ESPN Plus watching this contest, I encourage you now to go get to the tube, watch this epic fifth set. Uh, two of the best teams in the SWAC. You know, all respect to Jackson State. I know we had a little bit of fun at the beginning of the season uh, talking about non-conference and all that stuff, but Jackson State, they're legit. They're a legit uh, volleyball program. And uh, their, their record speaks for itself. And so in order to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. Uh, they are the champ, the defending champs. And uh, it, it's up to uh, FAMU and, and Coach uh, Gokhan Yilmaz to, to find a way. So, Drew, with that said, how you feeling, man? Uh, I know we were on early this morning with Doc. How you feeling? Oh, I am feeling great, my brother, my brother. FAMU about to win the championship, not in football. But we about to win one football team in the playoffs. Baking into a debate. Can't fan you win the football national championship? I'll tell you well, how. Yeah, that's, 
Yeah, let, let's uh, let's let's not let's let's pump the brakes here. Let's not let's not go that far down the rabbit hole. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm a rattler. I got to. I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. The SWAC championship game has been decided. We know uh, we have an outright winner in the MIAC. Uh, we've got heartbreak and joy, uh, joy and pain in the Division Two playoffs between Bowie State and Albany State. Uh, so we'll talk about all of that stuff coming up a little bit later. Good friend of the program, Jamie Walker, is going to be tuning in to join us. He was with you at Albany State this Saturday uh, as uh, Albany State lost to West Georgia. So we'll talk about that. And then uh, coming up in the second half, we'll talk with Charles Edmond, the voice of Alcorn State Sports Radio, as uh, – you know, there was a, what, almost, I mean, a, a ridiculous crowd. I mean, it was a great crowd at uh, Jack's, at the um, at the Met, uh, the, what is it, the Mississippi Memorials. Memorial. Veteran. The Vet. Yeah. The Vet, yeah. As I, they I call I think it. The vet, I, yeah, I always think of the old Vet in Philadelphia. And so when I hear the Vet, I, that's what that's what kind of popped into my head. I want to make sure, is that right? They call it the Vet? So, yeah, that's uh, the Soul Bowl. Allcorn and... Uh, Jackson State uh, had a great game, so we'll kind of talk about the atmosphere, but it sets up an epic matchup between the SWAC East and SWAC West division winners, Prairie View A&M, by virtue of Alcorn State's loss. Uh, they get a win. They needed a win, given the beating they took at Texas A&M, but we'll talk, to, <laughs> we'll talk about that coming up shortly. Uh, I want to remind you guys, if you're watching us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, go ahead. Hey, first off, if you're on Twitter and you have not subscribed to the uh, JBN YouTube page, would you take a second and go do that? Just get us subscribed. We, you know, we're trying to organically get over a thousand. Um, you know, we're we're doing it organically. You know, we're not buying followers and all that other stuff. So, I mean, this is truly organic. So, we'd appreciate any additional uh, subscribers uh, that that you guys who are out there, if you're watching, interacting with us. Go ahead and, and hit us up and, and subscribe. Get us over a thousand so that we can start doing a few extra things. And uh, if you're on Facebook, make sure to like, share, and subscribe our show. And of course, hopefully you're all, you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at my BCSN one, and have downloaded already that Jericho Broadcast Networks app, my JBN, my BCSN. Drew, let's start with uh, one quick uh, one quick thought. You know, we're going to come in with Jamie here coming up on the next break. But let's start with one quick thought from the weekend. Ooh, heavy side there, Drew. Uh, wow. 60,000. <laughs> 60,000. 60, right. And I'm going to tell you what. Jackson State was drawing 30, 35 I. And they were losing. See what happens when you win? HBCUs. See what happens when you win? And I don't want to hear nothing about the prime effect. Jackson State was leading the FCS in attendance prior to Coach Sanders coming to Jackson State. So, for a regular season home game to outdraw Every class, there's only one left that has a chance to beat them. And I don't think it's going to happen this year, given the records of the two teams. But 
It is what it is. Sixty plus. Well, look, I I think I think you have to factor in Coach Sanders, and um, I, I want to talk a little bit later. I think two of the best motivational jobs that have been done in college football have been done by Coach Sanders and Coach Simmons of Florida A&M. Think about what, and, and I'll expand on this a little bit later, my thought, the I believe statement has really, really come come home. I mean, think, and we'll talk statistically about what Jackson State has done of late, especially in the fourth quarter, but the, 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 the mantra, I believe statement, has come home and it is powerful and uh, it is everything it was hyped up to be. And you can see it on the field with the performance of those players. And then what Coach Simmons was able to do in terms of talking about going to the playoffs seven weeks ago when he had uh, the entire SWAC schedule in front of him, including his biggest rival that the team hadn't beaten in nine years – but to say that, hey, we're the second-best team and we're going to do what we need to do and deserve a shot at the playoffs, and for it to happen, I mean, those are two of the – I mean, I don't know who's going to get coach of the year, um, I, you know, but I'm telling you what, if there was a if there was a plea for co-coaches of the year, I would, I would take half a vote and give it to Simmons, half a vote to Sanders, because both of those men have done a great job in – uh, instilling belief not only in their team but in the fan base and they have done a great job of marketing from a PR perspective this year I get you there but okay. I still come back to Jackson State was drawing 35 when they were losing right and would draw 40 to 50 for home games on the regular so it is what it is. Quick update. Uh, we're going to take a break. In the fifth set, FAMU just took a lead 6-4. to four. Remember, only going to 15. I, I'm nervous as heck. So if you're watching me, you see me going nuts right now. Oh, what a tip by Dominique Washington. I'm, oh, she's like, uh, anyway, I'm not even going to get on here and talk about my my just the excitement. This young lady, oh, my God, a service error. Let's take a break because I'm going nuts. I'm about to throw something. Uh, let's go to a break. Come back. Jamie Walker is going to join us coming up out of the break. You're watching the BCSM Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. We'll be back in a moment. the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's, it's the, the pregame. pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. Pregame. 
200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From a national memorial for peace and justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. I'm looking at it. There it is, Jamie. I hear it, Jamie. Oh, that's not okay. Smart. Cool. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's it's the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. All right, welcome back to the uh, BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm going to apologize in advance to my guest, Jamie Walker. Uh, Jamie, how you doing, man? I, my, I, 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 my attention is slightly diverted with this fifth set championship going on. How you doing, brother? Uh, I'm good, y'all. I'm good. I am uh, distracted by that same attention. I'm looking at it too, man. Looking at it too. Let's go. Hey, Rattlers just went up 10-7. <laughs> I'm, I'm this, this, is, this is live, folks. This is live action. Look, I don't know if it's because it's us playing Jackson State. I don't know if it's because the first SWAC championship. 10-7. <laughs> Rattlers up 10-7. All right. So I feel like we have to do play-by-play, Jamie, because we're all watching this. We might as well talk about it, and then we'll get into talking about everything else. Big block. I think it went out of bounds, though, point to Jackson State. Uh, what, what do you make of – Jamie, have you uh, have you had a chance to watch Jackson State play any of, at all this season? Uh, football? Or are you talking about volleyball? Stay with the script. I have not – all right, all right, folks, we watch I have not here. seen them um, see them live. No, I haven't. This is the first I've seen as far as keeping up with everything um, I have as far as statistics and things of that nature. But I knew both of these volleyball squads. I mean, you know, Florida a has been a traditional power as far as volleyball is concerned. You know, they always have phenomenal players, but Jackson State is definitely holding their own um, from what I can see here and is, is – you know, still dominating. I mean, th- this is a great match. This is a great match. For those y'all just... Block. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's 11-9 now. Jackson State serving. Great block on a Dominique Washington kill attempt. Um, great block. Number 24 for Jackson State. I, I don't know her name, but she's a baller. Oh, bad service error. 
12-9 now, FAMU. Yeah, I, I guess I should probably have the roster up right now, but she's a she's a baller, <laughs> number 24. Uh, did you see in the – how long? I don't know if you watched in the – I think it was in the second or third set. She had a nice block. She was talking a little smack. The officials had to uh, – oh, and then FAMU goes ahead and makes their own service error, so now it's 12-10. Oh, this is intense, folks. Again, you're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap, and we're – we are we are live watching. It's almost like a watch party right now. The volleyball championships, the SWAC championships, tied up two two in the fifth set. Uh, the count. Not Samuel sure why you did that. Yeah, I, I don't like the little tip serve and uh, yeah. the game. Jackson State a chance for a kill. Jackson State cut the deficit. Now it's twelve to eleven. Now, uh, so FAMU won the first set. Jackson State won set two and three. FAMU won the fourth set. And so now we have a timeout on the floor, 12-11 FAMU leading. I mean, the nerves, man. I I tell you, this is top-notch competition. The number one seed, Jackson State, defending champs. The only loss that Jackson State has had in the past two seasons in SWAC play was to FAMU uh, at the uh, at at the, the Lawson Center on FAMU's campus at the uh, it, it ended their 18 game winning streak, so that's their only loss. So um, and of course FAMU with their history and the MIAC coming over, uh, this is an outstanding team. FAMU took uh, I think three or four of the individual awards, including the Player of the Year. Um, setter of the year, libero. Oh man, libero. Yeah, libero's defense. Defense. Libero setter, player of the year, and newcomer of the year. So, um, pretty much uh, a tough, tough squad here. This is nerve wracking, man. And, uh, oh, there's Drew. Oh, Drew. And there we are. Produce extraordinary. Look at yeah, that working yeah. the magic. Now, are you? Are you? What? What is? I can't see what the score says, Drew. I don't know if you're. A it's twelve eleven. 12-11 fan you. Uh, all right. You're on my own actual screen here. This is tough. If you're watching us on the BCSN Sports Wrap live, you're watching this. We're watching the sort of the swag championship, and that's a point for fan you. I believe that is now 13-11. to 11. Correct. Again, first team to 15. First team to – and you got to win by two still. So – Y'all do realize – we are capturing the first SWAC championship in the new SWAC. Yeah. Yes, we are. Of oh, any what sport. A dig. Oh, look at look at I mean the athleticism of these young ladies on both sides is impressive. Oh, Jackson State with a big score there. Cut it to cut it to one again. So it's thirteen twelve FAMU. Over Jackson State, Jackson State serving now. This is going to make a great uh, podcast. Anyone watching the listening to the podcast is like, "Huh, what just happened there?" Oh, <laughs> this won't, this won't go good on the pod zone. Well, look, hey, here we are, set point. Oh, and my girl Dom Dominic Washington, our girl, the MVP Player of the Year, with a chance to serve it out for the victory. This is unbelievable. Live here on the BCSN Sports Wrap for the win. Oh my God! Is that did that just happen? Yes, it did. Uh, yes, it did, Brian. Talk about talk about the nerves. 
I know the nerves has got to be ridiculous now. Oh my goodness. Oh jeez. Oh my gosh. I think her legs just kind of gave out on her on that serve. I don't know, but kind of anticlimactic there. And so now we've got a timeout. Um. Wow. Wow. I'm a little speechless now, I'm, and I'm a little nervous here, Jamie. Um, of course you are. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's uh, let's. I asked Drew this question, Jamie, while we're in a timeout. What's one big takeaway from the sports weekend uh, for you? Wow, I think disappointing more than anything was Albany State's play. Um, I, I I think I expected to see so much more coming out of the squad because they've been poised all year. Uh, even when when they lost to um, to Valdosta State earlier in the year, you could kind of see that team rally despite the conditions because it was a rainy, thundery, you know, delayed night. And so I expected this team to be a little more poised. Um, they they you know didn't have their their leading rusher and Marquise Fultz, um, but you know they had a run a, a a running game that was to be reckoned with really all year with a bevy of backs. So it wasn't like it was um you know unfamiliar or they didn't you know uh, weren't capable. But those early turnovers really set the tone for the rest of the game. And I I, I think them not really playing up to snuff really shocked me more than anything. Here we go. Oh, it really is. Okay, here we go. Championship, Florida A&M University, the highest of seven years. Look at this. Unbelievable finish. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2021 SWAC Volleyball Champions are the Rattlers from Florida A&M with a 15-13 Third set finish over Jackson State. Wow, wow, wow. And there you see Dr. McClellan, the commissioner who was out here in Orlando and uh, handing the trophy to the Rattlers. Got that private jet. He could do that. Man, don't frequent flyer miles must be something. Private jet. <laughs> private jet. Look at him. Look at him, man. To be Dr. McClellan. <laughs> Right now, everything he's doing is turning up roses. <laughs> that is awesome. Just happened to have Sharon. I want to let everybody see it. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Take that. Take that photo. Take that photo. Get those shirts out. Get those shirts. Get those shirts and hats out, man. What an awesome moment. Uh, I anticipate. Coach uh, Gokhan Yilmaz will be on the ONG Strike Zone on Wednesday night. Uh, we've been we've been following him and down with the program since day one. Oh, that ball! Look at that! Just finding the corner. What a beautiful shot, man! Might be why our athletic Greg has joined us on the sports wrap tonight. And, and you know what? And I, you know yeah, what? But I asked him to. When I asked him, I, I knew there was a lot of things going on. There was the volleyball championship. I know he's going to be down in South Florida for the basketball, men's basketball game uh, against Miami. So it was a shot in the dark to try to get him on. But, uh, man, 
That is awesome. What an awesome feeling. What a run by the Rattlers. What a day for the, them today. To be the best, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And so, hey, Jackson State's only two losses in the past two seasons have come to FAMU. And, and so uh, congratulations to uh, Jackson State on a tremendous run. And um, I, I tell you, man, it, what a what a what a wonderful moment! And I, I look forward to, uh, to to Wednesday when we get a chance. A lot of stuff going on on uh, for the Rattlers, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about there on that show. But but let's get back into sort of talking about just the HBCU landscape in general, um, because you know, look, uh, you, you brought up the, the Albany State loss to. West Georgia, twenty-three to seven was the final score. You know, and, and you know what? You know what? For both of you guys, it's kind of interesting that the playoffs, as much as we talk about matchups, they really come down a lot of times to one or two mistakes can really be magnified. And it seemed like here you are in an opening drive for Albany State, and of all the worst case things that could happen. Yeah, a fumble is bad, but a scoop and score is worse. Then on the next play, you throw an interception, which leads to a point. And before you know it, in a game that's going to be tight anyway, you're down 14-0. And it's like being thrown in a, I hate to say it, being thrown in a, in a, in a deep hole and saying, hey, find your way out. Drew, what, what's your thoughts on, on, on just the playoff and, and what you saw from the start there? Well, that's exactly what happened. Albany State was driving. And then 73 yards later, after a scoop is thrown, they're down 7 nothing. Albany State was driving once again. Picked off in the end zone. Now, West Georgia's office did not touch the field until there were less than five minutes remaining in the first quarter. They were up 7-0 and then went down and scored again. 14-0. One possession. Jamie, your, what's, your, what's, your, what's your take on uh, the way that game started and, and just what went from there? Well, again, I think, you know, Albany State was the greatest front runner all year. When they got up, it was a matter of them really just just suffocating you with defense after it. So once they got down, it was a matter of, okay, we live by the big play, so you would think they would be okay. But they were never able to get, you know, Joe Shorter um, and, and others down the field where they could actually go over the top. You know, um, Georgia, you know, West Georgia did a good job, and they talked about that in the presser afterwards. Um, did a good job of stopping the big play for them. They were never able really to get the long ball going at all because they really didn't have a consistent running game. Uh, and those, But it, it, what's crazy is, you know, West Georgia did a good job of making adjustments after those first two drives. But within those first two drives, you know, Albany State was able to just methodically get up the field, use a short passing game to, to kind of substitute for what they normally do in running. And, and they were able to, you know, pick apart that West Georgia defense. But after that, it really was just some inconsistent play offensively. 
and then really uncharacteristic defense as well, including penalties um, that went along with that as well, really took them out of character. So you can see, um, you know, they called it a dirty blue defense, and they, you know, and, and, and you know, tops in, 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 in their division, and along with really just amongst playoff teams, really tops in defense all year. And what West Georgia did was they, they you know, let, you know, Albany State play zone, and then they just dinked and dumped all game, really, to just have those open opportunities. So when they were never able to rush the passer like they consistently do. Um, and even within the run, the bigger back for West Georgia was able to get some yards. He used the staff able to run the football down, you know, Albany State's throat, which they have not seen all season. So really uncharacteristic of, an, of the Albany State defense. Yeah, and there's the, the highlights of that, that scoop and score uh, play from the get-go. Uh, that was only, uh, let me see, there were two, in terms of turnovers, that was the only fumble of the game. The one interception, uh, each team threw an interception. There's the interception. <clears throat> yeah, there, <clears throat> there's that interception by, um, by Albany State. And that Penalties hurts the squad going in ready to score. That that you know that hurts because they were on the goal line. You, you're thinking at that point, okay, cool, they're going to match their touchdown. But that interception, you could feel the proverbial air go out of the stadium for a second. Yeah, and right there, they're already down 14-0. You talk penalties. Albany State had 13 penalties, 85 yards. West Georgia had uh, seven penalties for 107 yards. Um, let's let's when you when you think about the pairings, and I I know the NCAA tries to do everything based on uh, regionals and regional rankings. Do you do you think that they were they meaning Albany State was you know who knows matchup who knows should it have mattered but. Should they have been a two seed? I mean, you know, they they were they were moved out from being the two seed. Now Newberry, who knocked off the three seed, I'm sorry, Newberry knocked off West Florida, who was the three seed. Mm-hmm. But Newberry was the conference winner of the SAC. You know, so you had obviously the four seed. You had the winner of the SIC, winner of the CIAA, and two teams from the GSC. Uh, which had three total teams, you know, in. So, uh, what, what's your take on that, Drew? Should you know, in, in hindsight, should Albany State fans be a little upset that they didn't get the three seed as they probably should have? Maybe. No. You had number one that lost. Who lost? That fans who should be upset on Bowie Brown. I thought Bowie. Should have been there no more. With Valdosta dropping to two. West Georgia at four. Defeats the number one. They have to go up. Who are they going to replace? No, no disrespect, Albany State. But you lost to a Valdosta. So you're not going to be ahead of Valdosta. So I think the scenes were right where they need to be. The question is, should Newberry have played Albany with West Georgia going back to West Florida? 
But that would have been another conference matchup. I don't think they wanted another conference matchup. What, what's your what's your take on the uh, seating there, uh, Jamie? I absolutely agree with AD. Uh, I, I think trying to arrange the perfect bracket, I know is hard. It's not a it's not a, a, a easy thing to do at all. But I think they have to start deciding are the seedings correct versus you not not wanting to see repeat matchups within conferences. Uh, so I think maybe even now, even within the regionality of what they're trying to do as well, uh, maybe there needs to be some reconsideration of, of certain things they do. Uh, because I, I think, you know, AD's exactly right. I think, you know, West Georgia should have been going to West Florida, to be, you know, perfectly honest. But I understand the need of them not wanting to repeat, you know, conference foes or whatever. So In the first you know, round. In, in in the first round at least in the first round at least so you know I get that part they also want to you know keep travel down you know it's a bunch of considerations going on um, within this but now and from the travel know, point that was the closest matchup mm-hmm. it was it was so you know it's the it's the luck of the draw you know sometimes um, can be a thing but I but you know at the end of the day when it comes to this particular matchup. I think, you know, there were opportunities. You know, you're playing at home. You beat a West Georgia squad, you know, I think a couple of years ago. 19. So I think, yeah. So, so you know, everything's there for you. Uh, so I, I don't think they can use that as an excuse maybe. Uh, but, you know, I think there, there do need to be some considerations going forward as far as seeding. Interesting thing about that before we jump off of all this thing. Neither team. Has beaten. Let me get this right. West Georgia had all their victories are in Albany against Albany. Albany State, all their victories against West Georgia are in Carrollton. <laughs> so nobody, they won home game. They won home game. <laughs> but when a team wins in this series, it's the road team. If that makes sense. Uh, okay, I, I think mm. I know what you're saying. Okay. Yes. Okay. When, when, it, when it does happen, that's what it. That's what you're it's saying. the road when team. It does happen, it's the road team. Uh, well, this Albany State team has uh, a, ve- a relatively young ball club. I mean, they only have two grad students, including uh, Kawimba Jones Jr. Uh, he, he's a grad student, um, so he, he definitely played his last game. And then, in terms of uh, seniors, they've got seven seniors, I believe, is my count here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So uh, this is a this is a relatively young squad that will be coming back. So we'll we'll, we'll wait to see. And trust me, I mean, um, they, this team went through a lot here down the stretch, and they had a had a marvelous season, winning the SIC and how they did it. I think is one of the historic things. And I'll just kind of close with, I asked Chris Ferguson, had there been another defensive team or another team going to the playoffs with this kind of defensive record where they've had six to seven shutouts with a number one scoring defense. And then, you know, what happens, happens. So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, does any of all that stuff really matter when you get to the second season? You know, I guess that's sort of, 
my uh, my uh, little quick one second take there. All right, let's uh, take a break. Come back and let's talk about the Bowie State Bulldogs, who got a win in advance to the second round. Not unfamiliar territory for the Bulldogs. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Supermarket Sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Who are we going to see here? Coach Corso, not so fast. Look at that. Remember when they went to FAMU back in 2008? Coach Corso was sporting it. Rattler strike, strike. Strike again. That looks like j suit. <laughs> Were you thinking of wearing that today? Well, got to honor a promise there. Got to honor a promise there. So it'll come out there later. It is. There. Howard guy, these are those colors here. It's killing me right now. <laughs> but uh, you got to keep your word. All right. We'll get to the rest of the By the way, new episode of Why Not Us, FAMU Football. Here's the feminine announcement. New episode. It's going to be dropping on Thanksgiving Day. What a year to follow Fam, you. Let's show you the rest of the bracket. Thanks for your patience. Oh, there it is. Oh, TV just works like that, doesn't it? Sometimes. <laughs> Who would have thought? Fam, you is in to the FCS playoffs. First time in a while. HBCU at large getting in here, Jay. Yeah, the opportunity, a unique situation with two directors. <laughs> Normally, being in the SWAC does not Top give you an AQ playoffs? to the FCS playoff. Won it all in 1978 against UMass. That's what they said. Congratulations, head coach Willie Simmons. There's our Andy. That's why I can't <laughs> first, first HBCU school in the FCS playoffs in five years. They're going to go on the road to take on southeastern Louisiana. The Lions getting the at-large out of the Southland. 
So FAMU at Southeastern Louisiana at Strawberry Stadium in Hammond, Louisiana. The interesting matchup. I wonder if Hammond, Louisiana is going to be big enough for the marching 100 to ban the Florida. Good thing the 100 not coming. Congratulations to them. Xavier Smith, fantastic wide receiver well, for Florida A&M. But when you talk about Southeastern Louisiana, their quarterback is the best Hunter on campus in the country. Going to break. Kelly, 16 rushing touchdowns. And he also know. throws for almost 400 yeah, yards a game. Come, He's a one-man wrecking crew. Rattlers better be uh, there. So yeah, the State of only holds 7,500. Welcome in Craig Haley, FCS senior editor. Oh, wow. stats oh, this is what it is. And TheAnalyst.com. Craig, thanks oh, for doing this. You know, there are some good ones like for this. sure. You know, FAMU at uh, Southeastern Louisiana is another one that stands FAMU. out. FAMU. What's the significance, by the way, you mentioned why you, FAMU. Why you do, why you What's the significance of them making that's, this field? Well, they've had good success. As you mentioned earlier, that, you know, they won in 1978 and had a deep run in 99. Mm. But that was before they were in the SWAC. Well, again, the SWAC hasn't uh, had teams yes, since for, 97. For all, all um, because they're two division winners playing the championship you, game, uh, you know, on an ESPN network. And you. I, I don't even so I don't know. So, they, they, they had a great they did it again. They were worthy of an at large uh, uh, bid. You know, they're they're the you know right, one of on, three Trent. teams now postseason bound in, in the new and, and bigger oh, swag. There goes, my, there goes it, our future you know, opportunities of getting Craig on the show, Drew. Because uh, you know, they, you know, they want to do well with swag. I don't think he was coming up. anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I tried to get him on the show to come on and talk, but obviously he went to go talk to guys on ESPN. It's all good. All good. <laughs> the other four letter network. <laughs> there you go. The other four letter network, exactly. Uh, again, uh, Drew, nice job on the cut up there. Of course, Florida A and M going to the playoffs uh, with a nine and two record, as you can saw. Seated as you can saw. <laughs> What'd you say? You said as you can saw. As you can saw. Look, <laughs> man. I'm just look, chopping I, up a job look, 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 we over here punch drunk, and Drew's messing with me. And <laughs> you know what? I can say some things, Jamie, but you know what? That's how Drew is. That's how Drew is. He's going to call me out. I can come on about five different things right now, but I'm not going to be that guy. So, anyway, damn <laughs> you playing in the playoffs against Southeast Louisiana. Uh, the winner of that contest will take on James Madison, who's the three seed. James Madison, coincidentally enough, kicked out of the CAA, <laughs> but they still end up as the three seed. So talk about That's Penny a on top of situation. Penny. Yeah, talk horrible about situation. Penny on top of Penny. So Hammond, Louisiana is where the Rattlers will have to travel to on Saturday. It's a night game, so that's a, a interesting good thing. And, and just doing a little research, uh, you have to, if you're taking the route from Tallahassee, to Baton Rouge, you if you let's see, there's some point where you split and take I-12 to Hammond, Louisiana, which runs into Baton Rouge, or you could take I-10 and follow that into Baton Rouge. So I guess there's a lake something something in Louisiana that uh, becomes the split for 12 and 10, and taking I-12 from I-10 runs you into Hammond, Louisiana. Right. Uh, have either of you brothers been to Hammond, Louisiana? I've been through Hammond, Louisiana. Okay. I have not had the privilege. And, and, and correct I had the form. privilege of going oh. to Hammond, Louisiana. I think I fifty five connects with either ten or twelve in Hammond. 
coming out of Jax. Oh, well, I mean... And and I'm I'm saying that. Jackson, you're two albums away. Alcorn, you're two albums away. Support support the swag. No. No. All right, well, let's get back to the game. Support the swag by watching on television, putting eyes on TV, so that way it drives those numbers up because that's what we want. We want right now... Now we need to rally, and we need we have we need to have good television numbers. So that that's what's most important now. Trust me, that game will be sold out. Rattler Nation, trust me. Big in New Orleans. We got a decent uh, group in New Orleans. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll folks folks will be there. Folks will be there. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about FAMU and their uh, playoff bid. Um, well, not their playoff appearance. It's the first time since uh, I believe. 2016, which Jamie, I believe, wasn't that A&T the last time there was an at-large HBCU? It was North Carolina A&T in 2016. What do you recall about that team in 2016? Wow. Um, I recall just them being gritty. Kind of the same uh, thing. Because just kind of like you know um BCC or BCU was um, kind of your kryptonite as far as FAMU was concerned. Uh, I remember Central going, or it, at that time, Central, um, you know, going back and forth. As much as you would think A&T had a better team, Central would come in and bite kind of like a Morgan State would. You know, you, you'd be phenomenal, but here's that team that just had your number in a couple of uh, years. So I just remember Central going uh, to the Celebration Bowl. And so, hey, here's this team that may have, you know, caught it at the end, but here we go, and you're able to to go into the playoffs because, of course, you're you're beating, um, you know, beating squads that, you know, no one expects you to beat, but, you know, here's your nemesis coming in, and, hey, here's an opportunity for you to go into the playoffs and represent the MEAC at that point. So I just remember that team just being gritty, being able to run the football effectively, uh, kind of like they, you know, they they used to, to to you know, you know, just mark themselves as, and then you know them going to the playoffs, and, and so you know you liked it at the time, but now you know with the swag, and and fam, you being in the swag, and just the anticipation of the conference in general, um, being what it is now. You're loving this, but I also have questions about it as well. Uh, it, when it comes to the fan base, when it comes to other squads within the SWAC that may may be looking at FAMU and saying, "Okay, you know, here's this opportunity. If you play well, even based on having the Celebration Bowl, which one is better?" Now, there's a you know that's a whole different discussion, but at the same time. There's always that when it comes to a team actually getting an at-large bid going into the playoffs. You know, Jamie, we can either include you on on our message group because we had this discussion this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Which is better, Celebration Bowl or the playoffs? And I'm in agreement with everybody else on their Twitter feed. Yeah, playoffs are good, but Celebration Bowl. That's money. If you get the money, if you get the host, the swag championship game, that's even more money. So, if you want money for your program, for your school, 
Celebration Bowl mile. Yeah, the prestige is good from the playoffs, but we got one HBCU national champion. How many black national champions do we have? Well, that's because we make a value of our own. We, we value our structure. We value our game because of history and because of the history that left us out. I mean, it, we can never forget. They didn't include us, so we created our own and created value in our own. So I, 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 I'm not a fan of the which is better discussion because I think both are valuable in a sense. You know, financially, sure, it makes sense to want to go to the Celebration Bowl. It makes sense to be a part of a SWAC championship where there's going to be 55,000 people. There's going to be major eyes watching. You know, that that what Prairie View and Jackson State are about to be a part of is epic. There's nobody in the FCS doing that. There's nobody that's going to have a championship game that is going to look like what you're going to see on TV. And uh, nothing you're going to get from a financial standpoint is what any FCS team is going to get from the bowl games. So that part we don't want to dismiss. But I also don't want to devalue what going to the playoffs means because I think the more opportunities – and good, we don't have – we don't need – and I I love how Dr. Cavill says sometimes, you know, we don't don't need their approval – to know what is good. And I don't want to say that we're running towards that, but in the overall picture of football, and it talk, when we're talking to recruits, when it comes down to scouts looking at players, right now they, they look at those kind of things. So it all kind of has an effect one after another. And so I want to see us have opportunities to showcase our talented players against the rest of the landscape because at the end of the day when they come and do the scouting projects you know like it's a shame that Alabama A&M could not find an 11th an opponent because when you look at the teams who made it in man there were teams who were six and five in the playoffs seven and four uh you mean if an eight and three Alabama A&M would have been in in contention you don't think they would have garnered some attention with with a, with a quarterback like a Quill Glass, a future pro prospect? I mean, so I, I want I want to be uh, I want us to be mindful of these discussions and not completely dump on the idea of being in the playoffs. Go ahead, now, Drew. Let me ask you: this. First of all, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. You could do both. That Florida A and M has showed this year. You can play for the celebration bowl, but put yourself in position for the playoff. And which brings me to number two. Under how things have been, I think Alabama was celebration bowl or bus. Swag championship or bus. Maybe that's why they didn't put their schedule together to get their left game or to look at it because as far as swag teams know, you go to the championship game, you win, you go to celebration bowl. This new kid on the block, fam, you that came in with, all right, 
we can get to the celebration, but if we don't, we'll get to the playoffs. Yeah. And that come, baby, that come from a BAC mentality because no. the, think about it, the BAC, yeah, your champion with the celebration hole. But how many times have we talked about a BAC team positioning themselves to get to the playoffs? Jamie, well, 2016. Yeah, but but hold on, hold on. The, the reason I'm shaking my head is because this wasn't a strategy that came about in August. It wasn't a strategy that no. came about in September. It, this strategy, the uniqueness about this strategy, Drew, is because of the man who had already been through it, Willie yes. Simmons. He happened to have gone through this very thing in 2015 with Prairie View. He's even said that. He said that in the presser. Uh, after the Florida Classic, he said it a couple times through the year, and because of that, and he knew what Jackson State had in front of him. He look, he believed that Jackson State was who who we thought they were. They were they were a good team, and they handled business all the way through. So he knew there wasn't going to be an opportunity unless you start talking about it early. You can't wait to the end of the year. We talked about South Carolina State last year, or 2019, right? That South Carolina State team beat a Wofford team. That was a good team in 2019. Imagine if South Carolina State had started talking about playoffs back in late October, or even mid-October, right? Maybe right after losing that game to Florida A&M. If they had started talking about, hey, we deserve a shot at the playoffs, who knows? They might have snuck in over uh, a team from North Dakota who had a six and five squad, six and five record. So then we get all upset when we look at the playoffs and like, oh, South Carolina State deserved consideration. Nobody was talking about South Carolina State back in the end of early November. No, so why be shocked that they didn't make it? So I, I think I think what I will say is because most of the teams don't play the games this upcoming weekend. Uh, their seasons usually end. It you should be talking about it. You should be talking about it now in October. If you feel like you have the kind of squad that might be able to run the table, it's a lot of pressure. Trust me, there was a lot of pressure when FAMU was losing to Alabama A and M. I mean, this whole thing could get blown up in that very moment. Had we lost that game to Alabama A and M, we wouldn't even be talking about playoffs. They wouldn't. They probably wouldn't have made the Va- playoffs. Valley. Uh, that game too, exactly. It almost, it all came, it almost came falling apart, you know. So, uh, needless to say, I, I just think it, it, uh, it, it's a great opportunity for other teams in the future to look at it and say, if you have the opportunity, talk about it, talk about it, get your fan base talking about it, get these voters talking about it, because. If our teams, if our HBCUs can't get any kind of preseason considerations in next year in August, and Jamie, I want your thoughts on this. If we don't get any consideration in August, what are we supposed to do in November? How are we supposed to get opportunity to rank teams when none of our teams are ranked? I said this earlier um, when I was looking at the uh, Dr. Cavill show, um, and the process itself is convoluted. Um, I was kind of saying that based on the D2 model, because as much as we love talking about a tournament, there's a whole lot of politics that go along with that. 
Um, I also think both of you are right in your own ways as far as, you know, what's better, what's what's, and I think really it goes with the philosophy of your school, your athletic director, and all the powers that be when it comes to, all right, do I want the check, the guaranteed check, versus do I want to be in the playoffs? And I think you can do both. But when does it come to where that top team in the conference wants a playoff berth as well? And so when you're talking about giving up that part, because, I mean, I know they just read up and the Celebration Bowl is here to stay for at least a few more years. But when does it, you know, when does a coach say, hey, I want a shot at the title, the, the big dog, you know, for lack of a better term. I also think that doesn't happen uh, with FAMU unless – the entire conference profile is now raised. And I think Donald McClellan, again, everything he has done has turned up roses so far. He has raised, along with the hype of, of Jackson State, Deion Sanders in particular, the, whole, the entire conference profile has been raised. And so now you have captured the eye of those that are in charge of getting extra teams in. The, the defining moment would have been if Alabama A&M makes the playoffs as well. Because say what you want to, and again, I don't like necessarily being in the Big South, but this is the mentality of these other teams. Let's say Mama doesn't get killed <laughs> by, by um, Kennesaw State. They very well could have made the playoffs. And you now in a conference to where They've captured the, the, the eye of those that are in charge of putting this tournament together and ultimately would have gotten the benefit of the doubt to get in versus if you think another conference, the SWAC, you know, being one of them, or the MEAC back in the day, feeling that that conference is inferior. I heard that talk when it came to the D2 conf, I mean, the D2 tournament, where they talked about, you know, was the, was the you know, SIAC a good enough conference to have two teams in and ultimately they judged it over the Gulf South or other conferences and said no they're not so I don't want the same discussion you don't have that discussion if you if people are now saying the SWAC is this conference that has phenomenal teams and yes they deserve have having more than one in the tournament like I said if Alabama A&M at this point gets gets in as well Hey, you're talking about now you you definitely risen um, and ascended as a top conference in all people's eyes, not just ours. Because I know what the conference is. It is a phenomenal conference that plays great football, and you have risen. You know, got the profile up now, especially with the acquisitions of of, of Bethune and FAMU, of course. That I, I'll safely say, hey, I love what this football is in this conference, but. I'm not on that committee to judge who should be in the tournament. And I think all of those have to be factors when it comes into judging just what what steps um, the conference needs to take itself. Uh, Jamie, I know we've only got you here for a little bit of time, but um, let's, uh, there's a quick peek at the D2 playoffs here going forward. Um, I think that's no, what I'm looking at. There's FCS. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about. Uh, okay, so we're, we're still talking. Okay, FCS. So, um, let's see. Uh, I didn't know we were going to talk about FCS. Okay, so we've got FAMU versus Southeast uh, Louisiana, of course. 
Uh, next round is against the James Madison contingent. Uh, James Madison is one of the top four seeds. And if I'm not mistaken, James Madison is moving up to FBS next year, correct? Correct. They are. And Sam Houston. Sam Houston, yes. Yep. Right, so that's two of the top four seeds moving up, as well as some other conference shiftings. It'll be interesting to see how this playoff model changes in the future because looking at some scheduling or looking at the makes, I mean, there's, there's a, I think uh, what I heard, uh, Big Sky and who was the other conference that had nine or 13 spots amongst them? Was it nine or 13? 11. Amongst it was 11, look at yeah. 11 from the Big Sky and who was the other conference? MVC. Uh, uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so one had five. One had six. And I mean, those are five and six conference lead. I mean, those are 11, 11, 11 team leagues. Uh, that's crazy. And, right? and think about this. That right there. That right there goes to what we were just talking about. It yeah. goes to to the exact point. The conference profile in people's eyes. Or you know, they don't think that the football in the SWAC is equivalent to that. No one wants to talk about that, but that's exactly what they're saying. Yeah. With how right. they're deciding who gets into what. Yeah. And think about this: thirteen at larges. Those two conferences have nine of those spots. Yeah. Well, I, look, I, I've told you. When we play those non those one or two non conference games, you gotta win those games. You got yes. I don't care if it's against the the bottom five teams of the conference or not. Beat them. Now, like Prairie View played Incarnate Word, who you saw is in the tournament field, right? They lost to Incarnate Word like forty one to nine or something like that. Um they uh, Southern lost to McNeese State. They're not in the field. Northwestern State, uh, not in the field. Of you beat them. But but it doesn't matter. You know what I'm what I'm saying is every year, SWAC teams need to beat non HBCU schools. You got to beat them because you only, you want to change the perception. You got to beat them in the in the in the, in the non conference schedule. Now they may not schedule us, which I mean, look, they're probably smart. To not schedule HBCUs, and honestly, for HBCUs, is it really a model worth scheduling? Well, here's the thing: in a minute, they may have to go get us, because as all these teams are shifting, going up to FBS, they need to fill those holes on the schedules. Because you know, a lot of these conferences have schedules done five, six, seven, eight years out. They're gonna look at coming and getting some HBCUs to fill those up. Now, they want us to travel to them because we travel. We're going to bring the band. But no. is it beneficial for us to have them come to us? From a financial point, no. But from a football point, of course. You brought up a good point. The, the MEAC, think about the MEAC now, guys. For any MEAC team, most of your schedule is against non-conference opponents. Six of your eleven, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. South Carolina State is the one school that was managing, were able to get 
games against four HBCUs for their non-conference, right? Right. Um, that's why I said at the beginning of the year, South Carolina State could be a dangerous team in the whole landscape of if they beat the SWAC teams and A&T, what their season might look like, okay? So, but when you think about the rest of the MEAC, when you think about Delaware State, Howard, um, they they played those schools from the NEC, the Patriot League, uh, didn't do too well against those teams. Uh, say I saw Sacred Heart on there. They beat a few MEAC schools. Uh, there was somebody else in there in the field uh, who beat some MEAC schools. The band, I don't know if the bands traveled or not. Probably not. I mean, who knows? Maybe, but I, I don't think they did. Probably not. So, look, they, those are games you got to go win. You want right. to increase the visibility of MEAC schools. You want to increase the visibility of SWAC schools. Beat the non the non HBCU schools any and every chance we get. Take Lynchburg off your schedule. <laughs> I, I, I I agree. I don't understand. They need to move into. I mean, look. They need to. They need to play Lynch- a Division Two team. Yeah, Virginia Lynchburg. I, I'm an FCS school. I would not be scheduling. You know, you get one D two. If you can't, if they're not D two, don't play them. And play in them. a minute, they're gonna have to remove D two schools. Even though we want to keep that relationship for the financial benefits of HBCUs in general, if we want to get our conference rating up, we may ultimately have to remove D twos. Maybe so. Maybe Agreed. so. Uh, Jamie, let me get you out of here on this thought. Give me a give me a quick thought about Bowie State. And where do you see them going? They've got an upcoming opponent after beating Lamar Ryan. Uh, next up for Bowie State is Newberry, uh, the SAC champions, and, the, and they get them at home. Yeah, Newberry's played good ball. Um, upset West Florida, who is a prolific offensive uh, squad, is interesting. And I think Newberry had to scrap, you know, and fight to get in, into the tournament themselves. Um, even though, you know, it, it was some question at the end whether or not they would get in it, but they did. And now that they've had that um, of a team who, who beat down Valdosta State <laughs> at the end of the year. So I think Bowie's defense um, should be should be enough for Newberry. I don't think Newberry gives them, you know, they'll give them a fight. Don't get me wrong. Because, of course, you know, beating those two teams that they've beaten the last couple of weeks um, definitely gives them um, – confidence going into this game uh, I think if Bowie can play ball control uh, because you've seen you know Bowie State kind of play play it both ways you've seen their offensive um, prowess against other squads uh, where they had to have shootouts you know in the CIAA against a couple of squads but you've also seen them do it with defense as well um, that they've done it in the last few years um, you know with a prolific defense and being able to stop the opponent's run so I think Bowie playing at home, they're in good shape. They're playing with confidence. They've been there before. Their coaching staff is is intact. I think, you know, I think it'll be close, but I think Bowie will will win and go to the next round. And uh, South Carolina State, uh, bringing it back over to the MEAC again, South Carolina State defeated Norfolk State 31-21, claimed the outright MEAC title with an unbeaten conference record. Of course, uh, your Aggies beat them the week before. <laughs> so who, you know, at least South Carolina State is going to the Celebration Bowl with a winning record. But uh, who is the real South Carolina State? 
You know, I mean, we I'm not going to talk about the Aggies, but who's the real South Carolina State? Oh, you can talk about the Aggies, too, because um, they play some undisciplined football against Garner Webb. I'm just keep it exact, keep it 100. You can, you know, talk about the the despair, you know, disparities in, in, in penalty yards, but you can't give up that many touchdowns when you've been holding a team that long. But we're not going we're not going to elaborate on that because I'll be in my feelings. However, <laughs> however, when you're talking about the South Carolina State squad, um, even against A&T, they lost Corey Fields for three quarters of that game. So it wasn't the same kind of kind of team. Um, but I think what they're trying to do, um, especially on offense, is really control the clock and run the football and then just go over the top when when it's convenient. You know, they have, you know, with Shaq Davis um, on the outside, they have two six five receivers that can go up and get the football. Corey Fields, even though he's young, he's very capable in throwing the football. You got you know, the replay against Norfolk. And and to be quite honest, I'm not exactly sure. You're talking about Jekyll and Hyde with A&T. No, it's Jekyll and Hyde definitely with Norfolk State. Uh, but yeah. I, I think, you know, depending on who they're facing um, and, and judging – you know, both both Jackson State and Prairie View, you're talking about two high, high, high caliber offenses. Um, if South Carolina State has to get in a shootout, they haven't shown that ability this year. They showed it some in the spring against Alabama and A&M, uh, but, but they didn't show it much in, in you know, in, in this regular season in MEAC play. So I'm not exactly sure what team you'll get. But they want to play ball control, and they want to, you know, get their points. But at the same time, I think Coach Pugh just wants to, wants to, you know, grind and grind and grind and then go over the top. So I'm not exactly sure what, you know, if they could beat um, either of those SWAC opponents. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting about that South Carolina State, I mean, and you talked about the Norfolk State collapse, which that's that will be a story for many Spartan fans to behold is the way they collapsed. Again, they, they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter to South Carolina State. On top of the collapses the last two weeks, and, and you know, you were, you were on the verge of controlling your own destiny to looking uh, at a 6-5 and five record, and you're looking out the window at everybody else playing on December 18th, and you're sitting there thinking, Man, if we if we could have played some defense and held a lead, uh, who knows where we'd be? That's got to be hard. Forget that for a second. Yeah, forget that for a second. The game they won against Howard, they gave up <laughs> gave up a bunch of points at the end of the game. I mean, we I think we yeah. were on um, we were doing the um um the the game cast that day. Watch and we're party, just looking yes. at this. If Howard had a defense. Yeah, the watch party. If Howard had a defense. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If, if they could have stopped. Exactly, exactly. So I don't know who Norfolk State is as far as, you know, defensively and why they give up so many points, um, especially at the end. It reminds me of the Atlanta Falcons. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just not good at front running. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, watch out for South Carolina State, man. The young man, Kendrell Flowers, had 172 yards on 32 carries. Uh, he carried the rock 32 of 37 times overall for South Carolina State. And you mentioned those big receivers, Shaq Davis, nine catches, 141 yards, three touchdowns from Corey Fields Jr., who managed to play the whole game. 
And then defensively, the name that everyone will get to know, B.J. Davis. That is the name to know, South Carolina State. He had 14 total tackles, a forced fumble. But South Carolina State always has just dudes. They they have, like, they have, they have dudes. Dudes that you imagine are out there uh, uh, plowing fields and uh, picking up barrels of hay in the offseason. I mean, just brothers from South Carolina State, they, they, they just country strong. South Carolina State is an interesting story because you have to kind of analyze what they are as a school. And that's a deep story, but they still manage to get players on that field versus, you know, just you have to look in the enrollment. And like I said, that's a that's a, a much deeper conversation, but they still go get dudes. They do. Yeah. I, I don't know how they manage to do it, but they do. All right. Uh, Jamie, hey, man, I, I appreciate you hanging in with us a little longer than we thought, but uh, it's always good to have you on with us. Uh, you got any holiday Thanksgiving plans, traveling anywhere? What, what are you and the family doing? Doing absolutely nothing. Um, actually, I'll, I'll be um, calling some high school stuff. I'll be doing some, you know, some ins and outs around here in the Atlanta metro and then, you know, just, you just waiting week? on a bowl call. What's that? Are you off this week? Are, are the schools off this week? I am. <laughs> yes, hey, we all are. Right. Hey. All right. Well, hey, James. Hashtag teacher, teacher life. Hashtag exactly. Teacher we all are. That's hey. it. Yep. I'm, I'm being surveillance Saturday, James. Come holler at me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Need all a right. play-by-play man. Oh, no, boy. excuse me. Yeah. Need okay. a color man. Ooh. You talking my language. All right. <laughs> All right, Jamie Walker, uh, hope you and the family have a happy Thanksgiving. I know uh, we'll probably talk here uh, later on in the week. And, uh, man, we, we appreciate you and are thankful for you, Jamie, uh, for being a part of everything we do, man. Much appreciated, all right? For y'all, too. Thank you. Happy holidays. All right. Appreciate it. When we come up from the break, uh, we should be able to catch up with Charles Edmond, the voice of Alcorn State Sports Radio and we will talk about the Soul Bowl and just everything going on in the SWAT coming up after these words. You're watching a BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Um, can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. You got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. you got it. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www. 
www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Looking for the latest information on Southern University sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Now, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. I'll tell you, what a, what a show, man. What a show. <laughs> <laughs> what hey, a show. It's been a long time since I produced a show that I was on. Well, let me rephrase that. Since I've produced a sports rap show that I was yes, on. Yes, I, I was going to say, yes, yes, yes. Get it, get, get it right. Uh, thank you, guys, if you're... Watching us on Facebook, uh, on Twitter at mybcsn1. Please make sure you're following uh, when you're watching this on podcast or uh, on YouTube, or if you're listening to it on podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that way, anytime any of our shows drop, you will get a notification and uh, so on and so forth. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app too. My JBN, my BCSN is where you can find us on the Google and Apple Play Store. Well, uh, just to bounce around to some notable things around this, you know, HBCU landscape, of course, um, I want to make mention of Alabama A&M's 52-24 victory over UAPB. Um, you know, it, a quill glass. Actually, you know, this is a rematch. So it's funny, we, you know, you had the Soul Bowl, uh, Jackson State and Alcorn State, you had the, the Florida Classic, FAMU versus uh, Bethune, but you also had a rematch of the SWAC championship between Alabama A&M and UAPB uh, at Alabama A&M, which is where many people thought the SWAC championship was going to be played in the spring, but uh, it ended up being held at a neutral site in Jackson. Mississippi, and so Aquil Glass playing in his final contest, regular season contest, uh, put up a show, and I, I figured up. I figured he. I kind of thought he made over four hundred something yards and several touchdowns. I didn't know he'd be twenty six of thirty three for four hundred and fifty yards, fifty, and not one, not two. Not three, not four, not five, but six touchdown passes. And uh, I said seven. You said seven. You did. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Mo Carter, WZDX there. As you can see, the highlights of this contest. And, uh, you know, there's an interception by Skylar Perry. But, uh, you know, Glass for his career drew 12,000. 136 career passing yards, 109 touchdowns. And just to recap, if you didn't hear me when I said this uh, this morning, he now moves into the 13th spot in career passing yards 
in the NCAA. There are only 13 quarterbacks who have passed for over 12,000 yards. Aquil moves into that mark. He's actually fourth all-time in the SWAC and fourth among HBCU quarterbacks because the three names in front of him, uh, Steve McNair, who's one, Bruce Eugene, who's two, and then I think number eight all-time is Willie Totten, are also one, two, and three in the SWAC. So uh, a career day by Aquil Glass, and his 109 touchdowns tied him for 10th all-time in the um, NCAA. So, you know, Aquil Glass, truly one of the one of those legends that it, it's it's been great. I'm happy for the young man that he had an opportunity to win a SWAC title, to win a black college football championship. They did it in a pandemic. That'll never be, never be understated. You can never take that season away from them. And, uh, you know, it was the perfect quarterback for Connell Maynard, who himself being a quarterback, himself being a, a MEAC legend, a North Carolina legend, uh, you know, it's so many wonderful things there. Uh, I, I think I read, Drew, that they put up 50-something points. That's the third time this season uh, that they put up 50 on somebody in, in like, the, the, the fourth time – in his career, did they put up 50-something points? Uh, so, I mean, they, they just – I mean, just go ahead and retire number four, Alabama A&M, because that's, that's one of those special ones, right? Yeah. Drew, your thoughts on Quill Glass? Is Quill Glass the only one of those four with the championship? Uh, you know what? Let's bring in Charles Edmond and ask him that. I know he's, he's, he's finally in – uh, we finally got him. Let's bring him in and ask that. That's a great history question. I, I don't think so because I think Bruce Eugene won a title. But uh, let's uh, once you can bring in a quill, uh, bring in Charles Edmund here. I wish I could bring in a quill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. As you, Ooh, I don't know what happened to my uh, yeah. to my setup there. Okay, give me just a second. Just keep talking, man. Yeah. I'll keep talking while we get uh, Charles in here in a second. So we hear yeah, you. I, I, I'm just trying to get the visual. Yeah, we're just trying to get the visual here, Charles. So give us a second here. I I'm pretty sure. No, I, I think McNair has won a, a title, and uh, I think Bruce Eugene has won a title. I don't know about Willie Totten in Mississippi Valley State, but again, I, you know, we got the right person coming on to tell us all of that, Drew. Am I still connected, Drew? There you go. There he is. Let's see. Do we have him now? All right. Charles Edmond, are you there? Yes, I am here. All right. Good evening, man. Thanks for it. Thanks for taking uh, some time out this evening to join us. I don't know if you happen to hear our discussion. We were kind of talking about a quill glass, and he ends up 13th in the NCAA in career yards, passing yards. Uh, tied for 10th all-time in career passing touchdowns. Fourth in career passing yards in the SWAC behind uh, Steve McNair, Bruce Eugene, Willie Totten. And, and Drew asked uh, whether those other three guys had won a SWAC championship before. And I figured, well, Charles would definitely be able to tell us. 
and Bruce Levine. And uh, we said, uh, and you said no for Willie Totten, right? So Bruce Eugene was at Grambling from 2001 to 2005. Does that sound like any of those? That was a uh, Doug Williams era, right? Yeah, Doug was coaching. I think they won. I think they had to have won a. Yeah, I got a feeling, Bruce. I think they got. I think they had to have won at least one title back then. Well, Charles, uh, the the swag, man. I tell you, this as the swag turns, it is always a beautiful thing. You were there on site for uh, you guys. You guys out there in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, had about as many folks as we did at the Florida Classic. Uh, it just looked the the stadium just looked more filled. The way they, <laughs> the way, the way it was set up. I don't know. You know, they said we had fifty four thousand, but then when I locked, when I saw the videos uh, from Jackson State, I was like, yeah, I don't know. It looks like they had like 60, 65. Uh, describe what you saw and just being in that uh, uh, environment uh, this past Saturday. Uh, hold, hold on a second, Charles, because we we got uh, uh, Drew. I think we got uh, you got to get the fixed up. Okay, well, now we got Charles. Charles, I don't think anybody heard you when you were talking a second ago. So, uh, are you there? I got you now. All right, Drew. Drew. Uh, okay, so uh, Charles, just uh, your tell us tell us what you saw. Just just the uh, atmosphere from that game. In Jackson this past weekend. In comparison to previous years, do you think that because of Jackson State, because of Alcorn still being in the hunt, what, what would you attribute? I mean, is it just every year is it like that? Or, or maybe it was a little bit different this year because of the way that the teams have played?
Alright, Charles. The fact that you guys are not in the same division no more. Does that change the rivalry a little bit? Is it take a little the sizzle off of it? Or or well let, let me let you ask first before I ask Paul. Can you hear me? Did you hear the question? Yeah, does it take some sizzle off off of the rivalry? Let me ask you that first before I ask the follow up. Now, since you are not in the same division anymore, would that rivalry, is that like a marked game on the schedule where you all will meet every year, no matter what? Will it still be a conference game? Or will sometimes it be a non-conference swag game? Go ahead, Brian. Hey, this is the now. Is this the fi this was the final game of the season for Felix Harper?
Yeah, it, it got me to thinking about just, you know, we were as we were talking about Aquil Glass and we're talking about Harper who uh, you know, the, their their race in 2019 was uh, was an epic battle for conference player of the year and um, I, I, it's great that those two guys were able to come back in 2021 and even though they had a season taken from them obviously but for them to have an opportunity to come back and do it again you know it's also got me thinking about other guys you know from from some other schools that who, who, who ended as seniors uh, but but uh, transitioning over to this year for coach Fred McNair how would you describe this year for him I mean this has been a very challenging season to say the least and uh, to know that you know you're finishing the season six and uh, six and four I believe or is it six and five six and five yeah six and five and and probably in second place in the west I, I think that's good, given everything. But but I but you know I know expectations from fans are always going to be a little different. What's your take?
Well, I'm going to give y'all this, y'all. Y'all deserve y'all props. Eight road games this year. One for all of them. So, that's good. Eight of your 11 on road. Now, next year, you do have one, two games you got to pay back because of 2020. But, you should you should get close to a normal schedule. What's the outlook going going for? My last question before I turn it back over to Brian. Give us your thoughts on FAMU and the playoffs. be interesting southeast louisiana you know i I'm st- i have to do my got to start doing my homework and start breaking down uh who, who, you, who are the lions i just figured out I, where hammond louisiana is. <laughs> i will say this brian you've got the number one scoring offense matched up against the number one scoring defense nfcs are they really yes are they really okay yes I have done a little home. Okay, well, hey, defense. Correct.
Well, the stadium only holds about 7,500. And for what I've seen, tickets do not go on sale to the general public until Wednesday. Yeah, that, that's smart. I, it, it makes you wonder how many they're going to release to FAMU. Uh, I'm sure there has to be a certain number that they'll give over to Florida A&M. Usually right. that's how that works. Maybe a, a percentage, 20, 25%, I would imagine. Uh, and so it'll be a mad race to buy tickets there. But then, like you said, folks will probably want to jump in and buy tickets from um, – uh, Southeast Louisiana site as well, so that that's uh, that'll be something that we talk about. New Orleans, let me, let me Mobile, we need you there. Oh yeah, the Rattler, the Rattlers Pens- from that area, Pensacola, we need you there. Oh yeah, well I mean folks from Tallahassee and Jacksonville, they'll, I mean that's a shot down I ten to twelve. That's all it is, right? So Montgomery, it's, that, it's a shorter trip than going to Baton Rouge. It's a shooting trip. You're going to Baton Rouge. Yes. Uh, let me let, before we close, Charles. I got to talk about the coaching searches. We uh, we're up to four. Well, no, let me see. We're at three. The rumors coming out of the Florida Classic say that that was Coach Sims's last game. That's what a lot of the buzz was from folks that that may have been his last game. So, but it's the unique thing is. The Southern and Grambling brands being open. I mean, what is that? I don't think that's ever happened in the modern era that Southern and Grambling have been open at the same time. And you being a Gramblingite, talk a little bit about that. And uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I have to hold up and pour out a little for my for my guy, Coach Fobbs, because I, you know, my shirt in Fobbs I trust is like you know I have to send that out. I got to send that to some kids who need clothes out there in uh, the <laughs> Yeah. So uh, what are your thoughts on uh, as, the, as the coaching chair turns, Charles? Money talks.
What? Wow. Southern? It is that the prime effect? Think about a guy. Well, think about a guy like Eric Dooley, who doesn't have a new deal. He's got. I mean, Prairie View. I whatever whatever it was going to cost Prairie View has probably gone up now. If Coach Dooley has a good agent, because with the fact that Southern and Grambling are sitting wide open, uh, his agent should be going to Prairie View like. Yeah, and, and with the Swack West Championship. Well, yeah, Swack West, and and then uh, exactly. What is the better job? In your opinion, Grambling Southern, today, what is the better job? And, and, and you can include facilities and all the other stuff, uh, and not just in terms of returning roster, but include everything. Charles, we appreciate you uh, coming in and joining us uh, tonight to sort of uh, wrap us up on this show. Um, we, you've already, I know you've already started calling basketball games. Uh, we've got to start talking about basketball. Uh, it, it, what's it looking like out there on the basketball? I mean, we haven't even – I've been glancing at basketball, to be honest, but 
my mind has been on football, volleyball, and I, I guess now I got to start looking at basketball. What's it been out? What's it been looking like out there on the basketball landscape so far? Well, uh, FAMU's already come in and made their impact in the uh, SWAC men's standings as we are currently in first place with a 500 overall record. <laughs> of course, we've only played two games. So we're, hey, good start. We played two games. We were one and one. So, hey, you know, I don't know. We got Miami playing tonight. I guess that game's tipping off here pretty soon, so. Uh, we're going to be watching that. But, yeah, you know, we need more teams to get W's this time of the year. This is a very important time of the year, as you said. So um, we can uh, we can start turning our attention to that. So, uh, all right, Charles. Well, hey, man, uh, again, I appreciate your time. Thank you, man. And uh, we'll, we'll talk on the other side. Are you are you doing a show with Coach McNair uh, this week? Is this the last one of the season? Unfortunately, this all is right. the last show of the season. I hate to all say, right. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, man. Usually, I'm getting ready for the SWAC championships and all that. And I just want to say this. Congratulations to Jackson State and Prairie View. You know, Charles Bishop and the 1400 Club, enjoy that ride, man, because you're going to have media all over the country, you know, coming into Jackson for that championship game. Congratulations to Prairie View. I'll be checking it out. Um, but you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, it is different because I'm just so used to getting in that playoff mix, that championship mix. Not the case this year. So we'll kind of break down the season, talk about the challenges, and talk about the recruiting process, because there's some stuff to talk about that, to talk about with that as well in terms of getting this year back and, you know, rosters. You know, the NCAA came down with some guidance about a month and a half ago. So we'll kind of break that down and look forward to what we can uh, do to improve our roster for 2022. Well, you know, Charles, there's a, a football game in Hammond, Louisiana. This Saturday that you could check out with your free time. <laughs> well, I would. I'll be in Wichita, Kansas, actually. Our women are playing Wichita State Friday. Um, I'll be at Central Arkansas Tuesday. Our women play there. Then I'll be flying into Wichita to do their game on Friday. 
and uh, I won't be back till Sunday. So uh, if, if trust me, if I could go to Hammond, that's two hours from my house. I definitely would be there at Strawberry Stadium. Trust me on that, because I love Willie Simmons. I picked FAMU to win the East. And Brian Fulford, remember that me today when I mentioned whoever lost that Jackson FAMU game is going to be kicking themselves all year. And I guarantee you, even though FAMU made the playoffs, congratulations there, but you know the fish that they wanted to catch was the SWAC East. And I guarantee you, once the season ends, they're going to be smarting about that JSU game probably one quarter too soon and face the quarterback change probably one quarter sooner than that. They might have won that game, and we'd be talking about FAMU perhaps. Well, hopefully, um, ho- hopefully the the story uh, has has yet to been to be uh, complete. So, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see, we'll see. Uh, yeah, it is it is funny. I was I was saying that as we were leaving. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of the guys that I do the show with, ONG Strike Zone. It's like, man, it's been a journey. It's hard to believe that we just I don't know, eleven games ago, twelve, four, three months, I guess, three months ago. We were at the beginning of the season, and now where we're here. So it's like it's when you're that engrossed, and you go through this every year. So, but this is the first year where I've really had a chance to be engrossed with a team, and not just the whole landscape in general. But being a, it, it's a it's emotional, man. I, I was down there watching the guys. I was I was really really emotional, like just seeing it all and just knowing what the journey has been like. From the beginning to that point of winning the Florida Classic, and now seeing the excitement of being able to go to the playoffs, so um, you know it, it's really something. And, and and you get a chance to by doing what you do, you 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 experience that in a lot of sports. And uh, I'm 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 th- what I'm thankful for is that you are one of those people, Charles, that are covering uh, all of your sports. I wish we had more schools that were covering. Uh, sending their their radio play by play people to games because we need more coverage of uh, of all of our sports. So uh, anytime we can do anything to promote Brave Talk, uh, all corn state sports, we will. And, and when the other schools decide to catch up, we'll promote them too. I have no problem doing yeah. it. So, so, all right, uh, we're going to take a break, come back with a final wrap-up segment. Uh, appreciate you, Charles. Have a happy uh, Thanksgiving. Be safe, and uh, I know we'll talk later, all right? I appreciate you all guys. Right. You all do a great job. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. We'll be back right after these words. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Head and Shoulders has scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head and Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Let 211 be your guiding light for mental health and other resources. Call 211. 
or visit 211.org. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? It's like a loot machine. Close it up here in a moment. You keep doing that. You keep, hello, this is Brian. That's why I tried to wait. And I just said, you point me in. I tried to wait. I figured I'd wait five seconds. Uh, wait, again, this, this setup is different from the one I use for inside the HBCQ Sports Lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Brian Fulford. That's A.D. Drew, who's uh, trying to produce as well as co-host and and uh, we're, we're, we're making our way through this, I tell you. We're making our way through it. God bless you, Drew. Uh, I'm thankful for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, make sure you're following us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at MyBCSN1. That's the number one. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app uh, on your Google or Apple Play Store, MyJBN, MyBCSN. Uh, shout out and thanks again to Jamie Walker and Charles Edmond for joining us. And I'm serious about that. We Man, it'd be nice to have more schools that were able to have play-by-play people covering their teams. Uh, you know, I think nothing engages your fan base like, uh, you know, being able to – and, you know, I would think you'd be able to send your play-by-play guys with the team. You know, it's not like you got to send extra money. Send Put them on the bus. Yeah, put them on the bus or the plane or wherever you're going with the team. I mean, you know, get them a hotel room. You know, you're you're paying them, so I don't know. It's just my thought, but I, I, I appreciate Charles. Can I throw something else? And, yeah, whatever. All right. And I'm fixing to two BCSN on this one. What? You're gonna what? I'm fixing to two BCSN on this one. Okay. All right. Jackson State, deeper game show, Swacky Champions, Prairie View A&M, 1876, Sports and Culture Podcast, Swack West Champion, ONG Strike Zone, Florida A&M, FCS Playoffs, HBCUs, come holler at us. Good things happen when you holler at us. I'm gonna leave it right there. <laughs> right there, you go, Drew. I like the way you put that out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's come. Let's do one quick wrap around the uh, the results because I, I want to think. I think we just kind of deserve again to just give a final mention. The Miac season came to an end. Uh, Morgan State closed the season with a win. It's been a tough year for. Coach Wheatley, but they managed to finish it off with a win. Uh, 28-21 over Georgetown. 
They finished their season two and eight, two and nine, excuse me. Uh, they won two of their final three games. So uh, props to Morgan. I tell you, I, I, I had not seen a team look worse than when I saw them against uh, – who was it when I saw them? That team out of Birmingham. UAB. No, it was Tulane. No, yeah, Tulane. They were at, at UAB. Yeah, yeah. They, they looked really bad that day. At Legion Field, uh, actually. They look bad. So to see them come back, props to them. We'll see where that goes in the future. Dell State. Dell State. I mean, don't take uh, North Carolina Central. That's where I should have started. 34-28 over Delaware State in overtime. I think that's like the third consecutive overtime game for North Carolina Central. Uh, They got the win, 34-28. The Eagles improved to six and five Delaware State dropped to five and six Delaware State very young team up and coming I watch out for them I think they had the MEAC's rushing leader but I think that team has like 40 something freshmen a lot of those kids got playing time this year so Rod Milstead doing a great job at Dell State North Carolina Central started the year off with a bang had a few hiccups they finished four and one in the conference and I think um It'll be interesting to kind of see North Carolina Central, what they do in the future. Of course, South Carolina State, 31-21 over Norfolk State. We talked about uh, Norfolk State just collapsing in the second half, fourth quarter of these last three ball games. I mean, at one point, Norfolk State was 6-2, and two, controlling their own destiny pretty much with a shot to go to the Celebration Bowl and it just falls apart in the last three games. Uh, they finished their regular season six and five. South Carolina State finishes their season six and five. They're going on to the SWAC, uh, or going on to the Celebration Bowl, excuse me, in Atlanta, December 8th. Great trip, I'm sure, for Buddy Pugh and the South Carolina State Bulldog Nation. They'll make the trip. I think they will be well represented there. And uh, that that it'll be interesting to see. Who shows up? Because that team traditionally is a tough team. They do have some talent. So it's not like, you know, that team is uh, walking in there blind. And and, uh, the end of the career for Jawan Carter of Norfolk State should have ended, could have ended a lot better than what it did. So unfortunately, I mean, he put up a lot of yards. But, you know, Drew, his his career kind of feels feels a little empty. You know, no championships, uh, a lot of numbers, a lot of growth. Uh, obviously, had the coaching change there, but uh, congratulations still on a great ride for Jawan Carter. Uh, Hampton, uh, I forgot. Did Hampton win? Hampton no, won. Lost. Oh, okay, yeah, they almost in the same score. Hampton and AT lost. Yeah, North, uh, Hampton lost their final game of the season to drop the five and six. North Carolina A&T dropped their final game also to drop to 5-6. and six. So two Big South teams that, once again, you went to the Big South for a chance. Maybe it'll work out better for you in another sport like basketball. We'll see. But it uh, didn't work so well in football. It'll be interesting to see what the future holds for those teams. Of course, in the SWAC from this past Saturday, uh, Prairie View lost, but they won. They lost to Texas A&M. But they clinched the Eastern Division, and so really they've lost two in a row. I would imagine they will be playing to win against Mississippi Valley State just to get back in that winning feeling before the SWAC championship game, wouldn't you say? 
I would hope so. Alabama A&M, yeah, Alabama A&M, 52-24 over UAPB. Jackson State, 24-10 over Alcorn. Alabama State, this one kind of surprised me, 24-21 over Texas Southern. I thought uh, there, may, there would be more points in that ballgame, but there weren't. And then FAMU, of course, with a 46-21 win over Bethune. As mentioned in the Division II level, Albany State, unfortunately, their season comes to an end after losing 23-7. Bowie State, still alive. The two seed in the region advances to the semifinals with a 31-10 victory. Their record is 11-1, Drew, very similar to what it was last year. Uh, but last year, though, they ran the table with 11 straight wins and then lost their last game. This year, they lost their first game and then have run 11 straight games. So uh, that, that's an amazing run. 22 and – or 20 – what is it? 22 and 2 so far and counting and counting over the past two seasons. Or Bowie State, and they play. Uh, who is it? Newberry. Yes, they, they have Newberry Saturday. Yeah, they host Newberry on Saturday. So bsubulldogs.com. I think you'll be able to watch that game on the Bowie State Network, or is that maybe the CIAA Sports Network? Um, that'll be Saturday, so that'll be a a good shot. Uh, be interesting to see what they do, Drew. Because uh, Valdosta State will play West Georgia on the other side of the bracket. So we will be rooting for Bowie State. And then, uh, of course, uh, so let's get to so that's next week. Other games going on next week or this upcoming week. The SWAC season is not done because Thursday, Turkey Day, you've got the, what do they call it? The Turkey Day Classic, right? Turkey Day in Classic. Miami, Alabama. Alabama State uh, and Tuskegee. Uh, now, these two teams usually play in the Labor Day Classic, Drew, right? No. The Labor Day the Classic last, was something the last couple recent. Of years played earlier in the season, though. Right. But the traditional game is the Turkey Day Classic. They played over 80 times on Thanksgiving. So that was just a five-year deal to get the rivalry restarted. What do you like? Do you like the Turkey Day Thanksgiving, or do you like the earlier season matchup? I'm almost like the SWAT people. Do you go to the playoffs, or do you take the guaranteed money? And that's how it was for us at Tuskegee. What was that? Okay. I would say it depends on who you are. Yeah. Now, I understand why Tuskegee we're back to the uh, classic this year. They're expecting a down year coming out of COVID. They need the extra revenue. So, and I don't know if this was a one-year deal or multi-year deal this time. But I'd much rather have the opportunity to go to the playoffs and play Alabama State on Labor Day than on Thanksgiving. But... If you've ever been, it's a great tradition. Because what we normally do, you get up, eat a little breakfast, parade, tailgate, game, dinner. Hmm. Okay. 
And that game is uh, 2 p.m. Central Time in Montgomery. Uh, that's 3 Eastern. That'll be on ESPN. So maybe mix in some. Uh, we got look. The Bears Lions game will be a garbage game to watch. So uh, that's you might the as game well to watch. On, <laughs> yeah, you might as well cut on Alabama State and Tuskegee and watch that game on Thursday instead of that NFL game. And Tuskegee still seeking victory, seven hundred on the field. What a great! I thought you gave them. I thought you gave them seven hundred. I thought you I did. They had to hit I did. But officially, officially, university has- yeah, university will not recognize recognize it wow. until the next win. What a great oh way to get seven hundred against your rival. Are you calling your shot? What's your prediction there, Drew? I'm not calling it, but as an alum, you know what I'm going for. All right. I, oh, of course I do. Of course. Um, Saturday, there are three contests involving SWAC teams. You have two SWAC matchups on Saturday. You've got 2 o'clock Central, 3 Eastern, Mississippi Valley State traveling to Prairie View A&M. That game really, look, uh, Coach uh, uh, Dancy of Mississippi Valley State was has already been given a contract extension. Smart move by Valley. With all these coaching jobs that are popping up in the SWAC, yeah, it's very, very smart move to go ahead and lock up your coach because if anybody has done a lot with the little, it's Coach Dancy at Mississippi Valley State. And Prairie View A&M, got to get back on the winning. There's a coach who's got options, Coach Dooley. So it'll be interesting to see. I know people will be – I know there the rumors are out there that, that there are schools that will be in the hunt for Dooley. Um, who knows? Prairie View – has options. We hear the rumors, Grambling Southern, uh, as we just talked about. He, his agent is working the phones, and I hope he has a good agent because this is uh, you, there may not be any opportunities like this that come around too often. So he's got to play this just right. And winning ball games here at the end of the season will make a difference. That game is on ESPN+. And then, of course, there's the Bayou Classic. You've got the interim coach, Jason Rollins of Southern. You've got the interim coach at Grambling State. Um, that game on NBC Sports Network, 4 o'clock Central, 5 Eastern. For the first time in a while, obviously has no bearing on the SWAC championship game. Uh, so your eyes will be watching because you'll, you like Grambling Southern, you like HBCU football. You know, playing to see. You know, uh, could a win keep Jason Rollins around, keep his name in the mix? Quite possibly. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. And then, of course, Saturday evening, 7 p.m., Florida A&M in the FCS playoffs will travel and take on Southeast Louisiana. Uh, Drew's already noted for us that the number one you said the number one scoring offense against the number one scoring defense. I don't. I didn't know. Well, okay. I didn't. I didn't know if you had gotten to number one in scoring defense. But uh, are you just referring to in the playoffs among playoff teams, no. or they were number one? When I looked it up today, number you was like number seven. In no, let me take that back. Southeast number one. 
yards per game. Fam, you defense number one yards per game. That's what it was. Okay. I'm okay. sorry. Better clarification. No, I'm that's sorry. all right. That's all I right. had raw stat because I looked up about three, four stats, but I saw that was the one where they were both number one in FCS. Okay. Uh, that game is 7 o'clock, uh, 6 p.m. Central, 7 o'clock Eastern. It will be on ESPN+. Plus, and uh, you can get – we'll have more of a breakdown of that game on the ONG Strike Zone, which will be uh, Wednesday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Still going on Wednesday and with the holiday? Still okay. Yeah, still going Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. night, yep, uh, Thanksgiving Eve. So hopefully – Hopefully we'll uh, we'll have a good uh, good uh, fan base and good interaction. So, and uh, all right, and one more time, congratulations to uh, Florida A and M Lady Rattlers volleyball team who won today uh, three sets to two over uh, Jackson State. Uh, you know that was an epic contest. Um, also, want to give a shout out to. Uh, if I can, if I can find the score, the MEAC championship was today as well. Uh, the question is, it just won? started, and it started at eight. Oh, okay, okay. They're the nightcap, so yeah. hey, you can go watch them. Delaware State versus Howard, and uh, so that is going on. That's tonight. It's on right now on ESPN. So plenty of HBCU sports to watch. Support. That's the biggest thing. You know, go support. Yeah. Uh, put eyes on these screens. Right. Drew, give you an opportunity to final word here before we close up. Uh, we did get into to the ranking, so I'm going to give them to you quickly, Brian. Okay, there we go. Good way All to right. close. All right. Coming in, let's see. In the hunt, North Carolina Central. Which, which, let's start. Which level? Which level? Oh, I'm sorry. What are they doing? The D1. Our under D1, we will not release until Division Two playoffs are complete. Okay. So, we're only doing the D1. In the hunt, North Carolina Central, 6-5. Norfolk State, 6-5. South Carolina State, 6-5. Coming in at number five, Alcorn State. Coming in number four, Alabama A&M. Coming in number three, Prairie View A&M. We on the roll A&M, Brian. Because coming in number two is Florida A&M. And number one, Jackson State. Your thoughts? Uh, I don't think anything changed. <coughs> uh, Jackson State. FAMU, Craveview, Alabama A&M, Alcorn. I wait to see where and if Jackson State, or no, uh, South Carolina State can find their way in. That would be the one team I'm surprised is not in the five, but then again, their record is six and five. Correct. This isn't a poll. This is a rankings based on wins, losses, strength of schedule, that kind of stuff. I'm sure there'll be a lot of polls coming out that uh, has South Carolina staying in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
definitely will. So, all right, well, uh, more games to be played, more weeks, so we'll just kind of keep plugging away. And uh, we'll start to turn our attention towards basketball in the next few shows as we uh, start to look at who's off to a good start in the first two, three weeks of the season. All right, that's going to do it. Everybody, thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. Share this show. Share this uh, project, this venture, Black College Sports Network. Share it with a few people. Enlighten somebody's life who loves HBCU sports. That's going to do it for tonight. For A.D. Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Everyone have a blessed and thankful holiday break. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And we are out. Ahala. But you know, my peace, they are hard.